Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I'm your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually with our guest scorekeeper, Lucas Hauser. Lucas, how are you today? I'm doing great. You know, um, we listen a lot to the groundhog, you know, February 2nd, giving us indications of what weather we're going to have, but he was dead wrong this year. Tomorrow, it's going to be 80 degrees here in Williamsburg, and I'm very excited. I unfortunately do not have any tea with me, but I had Dr. Pepper at lunch, so I think that's close enough. Oh, well, you definitely seem energized enough. Um, sadly, um, it will be warmer in Williamsburg than it will be in Los Angeles tomorrow. My watch is telling me 63 degrees, which makes me very sad. It means I have to wear jeans, but whatever. Anyway, well, thank you for uh, for stepping in as scorekeeper today, Lucas. Uh, let's meet this week's contestants. Uh, first, we have Kevin. Hello, my name is Kevin. The um, fun fact I always go to is that I own 60 Stephen King books, but I've only read seven. <laughs> and then also... Um, yeah, I live in Rochester, so it is 20 degrees out. So the, the groundhog means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> and my tea is pomegranate white tea from Trader Joe's. Very good. Well, thank you for being on, Kevin. Uh, for those of you who are listening out there, uh, we've been trying to get Kevin on the podcast for literally like six months. Um, <laughs> and uh, so we're glad that it's uh, finally worked out now. And we also have Evan. Hi, I'm Evan. Um, I am an opera singer, uh, among other things. I guess my fun fact is that I also write pop songs in my spare time. Um, today I'm drinking a simple Lipton black tea. Very nice. You can catch Evan at your, at your friendly suburban Philadelphia, New Jersey. Right. Brewery. Yeah. <laughs> or something yeah um well thank you evan for uh being here again i am uh, nursing the last bits of my english breakfast tea which i've been nursing for three episodes now so anyway well thank you both for being here today we'll have four rounds of questions as with all of our shows um, each with a slightly different format and so without further ado lucas will explain the rules for round one yeah that's right Round one is our first general knowledge round, consisting of five multiple choice questions for each player. Correct answers here are worth 10 points each. Alrighty, Kevin, you're up first. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Question one. On December 8th, 1941, Congress voted to declare war on the Empire of Japan after the attacks on Pearl Harbor. How many members of Congress, House or Senate, voted against the declaration of war? A, zero, B, one, or C, three? A, zero. Uh, it was actually B, one. Uh, Jeanette Pickering Rankin, a women's rights ag um, advocate and pacifist congresswoman from Montana, voted against declaring war on Japan. The vote effectively ended her political career. Question two. In 1996, Hasbro released the first line of what series of toys where the user must follow the command by doing a certain action on the toy. A, Uno, B, Twister, or C, Bop It? Bop, C, Bop It. That's correct. Bop It, Twist It, Pull It. Um, <laughs> yeah. Question three. What word best describes music in which a primary element of the performance is left to the determination of the performer? A, Improvisation. B, Aleatoricism or C, interdeterminancy? A. Uh, no, we're actually looking for aleatoricism. Um, mm. An example could be 
uh, each member of a choir deciding for themselves when to start singing a passage and at what tempo to sing it at. Question sense. four. The number 64 in the hexadecimal system is equal to what number in base 10? A, 64, B, 100, or C, 800? And I'll just say right out of the gate that this question was written by my brother Mason. And <laughs> when he ran this by me last night, I did not know the answer. You repeat the question one more time, please, Marcy. The number 64 in the hexadecimal system is equal to what number in base 10? I'm going to go with C, 800. Uh, it's actually 100. Um, hexadecimal, oh. as I learned last night, um, is base <laughs> 16. And so um, 6 times 16 is 96 plus 4 is 100. So there you go. I knew it. Yeah, of course. Of course. And finally, question five. In 1954, Roger Bannister became the first person to do what? A, win three gold medals at a single Olympics. B, break 10 seconds on the 100-meter dash. Or C, run a sub-four-minute mile. C, sub-four-minute mile. That's correct. On May 6, 1954, he ran a mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. Uh, he was also a noted neurologist. So there you go. Um, Evan, are you ready for your five questions? So ready. Okay. Question one. The Grapes of Wrath and Of Mice and Men are famous Depression-era books by what American author? A, John Steinbeck, B, F. Scott Fitzgerald, or C, William Faulkner? A, John Steinbeck. That's correct. Question two. How many liters of blood does the average human body contain? A, three, B, four, or C, five? I'm going to go with B, four. Um, actually, it was C, five. It's a yeah. lot of blood. It is a lot of blood. <laughs> um, blood is approximately 10% of the body's weight. Question three. The Sentinelese are a voluntarily isolated group of people that reside in what chain of islands owned by India? A, the Maldives. B, the Andaman Islands, or C, the Chagos Archipelago? Um, uh, C, the Lagos Archipelago. <laughs> uh, no, this one was actually B, uh, the Andaman Islands. Um, Indian law prevents, uh, prohibits outsiders from visiting North Sentinel Island and protects the rights of the, Sentin the Sentinelese to remain isolated. Question four, which element is liquid at room temperature? A, mercury. B, magnesium, or C, manganese? Um, I think it's C, manganese. Uh, no, uh, the liquid is actually mercury, A. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's one of, one of two liquids on the periodic table. The other is bromine, I believe. And finally, question five. Who was born first? A, Anne Frank, B, Martin Luther King Jr., or C, Betty White? Betty White, C. That's correct. She was born yeah. in 1922. <laughs> Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank were both born in 1929. Well, that's the end of round one. So Lucas, can you please give us a score update? Yeah, it is all tied up here at the end of round one. Kevin has 20 points and Evan has 20 points. It's 
time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall, last week our question was, this week marked 50 years since the release of The Godfather, which was based on the novel of the same name by what author, who also co-wrote the film's screenplay? And the answer to that is Mario Puzo. And he uh, co-wrote the screenplay with Francis Ford Coppola, who directed the film. And together, they won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. And now for this week's question, we'll ask, What American chess grandmaster won the 1958 U.S. Championship at the age of 14? So, have a think about that. Send me your answer, and I'll announce the correct answer next week. Alrighty, now it is time for round two. So, Lucas, can you please tell us the rules? Yeah, absolutely. Round two consists of five questions directed to each player on the same topic. Correct answers here are now worth 20 points. If a player gets a question wrong, their opponent will have the chance to give the correct answer for 10 points. Okie dokie. So um, both of you are going to get a similar category, but slightly different. Um, Kevin, your category um, is works that entered the public domain in the United States in 2021. So are you ready? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Question one. What novel by F. Scott Fitzgerald is set during the Jazz Age on Long Island? The Great Gatsby. That's correct. Yes. Start you off with the easy one. The other ones aren't so easy, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, Question two. Among the films that entered the public domain last year was Go West, starring what comedian known for his deadpan expression and physical comedy in the silent movie era? Um... I can't even like think of a name to guess. John Wilson. I uh, know. Evan? <laughs> um, you said silent film era? Yeah. Is it like Charlie Chaplin? Uh, you're, you're, it's, there, there's like two names that, that you could possibly be. Charlie Chaplin is one of them, but it's actually the other one. It's Buster Keaton. Um, and Keaton was huge in the silent movie era, and his comedies were immensely popular with the public, including this one. Question three. What jazz standard by Ben Burney and Maceo Pinkard became the theme song for the Harlem Globetrotters? Hmm. Matthew, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> let's see. What's a jazz standard? Um, <laughs> the Pink Panther. I'm going to guess the Pink Panther. <laughs> Good song, but no. Um, Evan? Let's take the A train. I don't know. <laughs> no, this is uh, this is called Sweet Georgia Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was there were connections to the Georgia State Legislature, and uh, one of the representatives recommended that the uh, songwriters name the the uh, woman in question after the state. So, Sweet Georgia Brown. Question four: Another novel that entered public domain in 2021 was what novel by Virginia Woolf that follows the titular high society woman in interwar? Britain. Oh wait. Okay. Is is this? I don't know if this is actually a book. A life of Margaret Atwood or whatever. The the life of Margaret Atwood. Uh no. Uh, okay. I don't know if that's a book or not, but it's not that. Evan. It sounds like it's a book. It sounds it sounds bookish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely somebody wrote that. That's yeah. like a that's a fantastic uh fantastic fantasy like historical fiction. I don't know. <laughs> but um i i guess uh J- jane Eyre. i don't know 
Uh, no, this is Mrs. Dalloway. Never. <laughs> Honestly, me neither. And I will, I will admit that um, I had my brother write uh, the uh, this set of questions, so they they tend to be a little more difficult than the ones I write. So. Right. You know, he's he's kind of expecting us to have knowledge of jazz standards or hexadecimal um, numbering <laughs> systems. Yeah, <laughs> We're, we just don't have the base level of knowledge. We- <laughs> to keep I up with this about hexadecimal yesterday so <laughs> for the first time so yeah <laughs> margaret atwood is an author and it was the handmaid's tale which i was going for ah there you go there you go i was to say i thought that was a real person but i didn't want to say that for fear of being wrong so <laughs> there you go very good thank you kevin uh finally question five what british novelist published the secret of chimneys in 1925 a classic murder mystery British author. Okay. Let's think of a British. But a lot of murder mysteries. <laughs> Let's see. Murder mysteries. <laughs> um Theodore Cook. No. Evan. <laughs> uh was Hemingway British? <laughs> uh Hemingway was not British. Well he was American. Oh he was? I mm-hmm. thought he okay. Well, <laughs> that was my guess <laughs> so um, I do want a real British name I could try sure go for it uh Clyde Bornold <laughs> good guess but uh no um no this was Agatha Christie uh, oh yeah okay. the novel involves fast-paced events between the guests in the house where the murder took place and the police who come to investigate oh, I should have known that wow yeah well um Evan your category related is uh, works that entered the public domain in 2022 in the United States. And I should, I should have explained at the onset that um, in the U S the public domain rule is uh, 95 years after the work was published and enters the public domain. And so these would be works that um, were published before January 1st, 1927. So there you go. Basically, the year 1926 is what we're looking for here. So, are you ready? Sure. (laughs) Question one. Perhaps the most famous text to enter the public domain in 2022 was the 1926 book by A.A. Milne that marked the debut of what honey-eating bear? You said what honey-eating bear? Honey-eating bear. Winnie the Pooh? That's correct. Yes. Yes. Question two. (laughs) Another classic novel entering the public domain in 2022 is what novel written by Ernest Hemingway that follows the travels of an American and a Brit on their way to Pamplona? American and a Brit heading to Pamplona. Running with the bulls. Uh, Running with the bulls. Um, Oh, gosh. I have absolutely no idea. Um, so let's just make up a title. Why not? You know, go for it. Uh, since since I clearly didn't know Hemingway was an American, um, so um, an American in Spain. Let's go. With... Mm. Um, no. <laughs> American in Spain. Kevin. Uh, well, I can't seem to think of any Ernest Hemingway books, but I was thinking it was going to be the Great Great Expectations, but that's Charles Dickens, so that's yeah. not right. Yeah, that's Dickens. That, is that your official guess? That's my question. That's my answer. <laughs> okay. Um, this is uh, The Sun Also Rises. 
yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, in in high school uh, for quiz bowl, I made it a habit of just knowing the like basic Hemingway novels that come up. I'm not really a literature person, but Sun Also Rises is the one in Spain. A Farewell to Arms is the one where he's the ambulance driver in World War One, And then The Old Man in the Sea is one, the one where he catches the fish for the whole book. And then the other one is For Whom the Bell Tolls. And I don't remember the plot of that one, but I figured that if I knew the plot of the other three, that if the other one came up, I'd know it was For Whom the Bell Tolls. So there you go. But this is the one that takes place in Spain, which is The Sun Also Rises. And you can always just sing the song on Whom the Bell Tolls. Whom the, whom the Bell Tolls. What what song is? I don't that? know if it's a song, but I know this. Whom the bell oh. tolls, yeah. Okay, yeah. I I don't it's know, I don't know my ACDC. So mm-hmm. come on, brush up. I'll, I'll I'll take a listen after the podcast today. Well, anyway, question three. Another novel entering public domain is what 1923 novel by Felix Salton that follows the life of the titular deer, which would later be adapted into a Disney animated film. Ooh, um, Bambi. That's correct. Bambi, A Life in the Woods. Nice. Question four. <laughs> a film going into public domain is Han Kaiser's 1926 adaptation of the story of what legendary German scholar whose legend was popularized by Christopher Mar- Christopher Marlowe and Johann Goethe? Darn. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like, you know, you when you finished the question with Goethe, I was like, darn, Goethe was my answer. <laughs> it would have been my guess. Because <laughs> um, that's like the only like German literary person or scholar that I can think of. Um, aside from like Heinrich Heine, but like... Well, it, it, I should say, what, what Mason probably should have said was what legendary fictional German scholar? Oh. I think it's fictional. Well, then I, <laughs> I know even less at that point. It's <laughs> um, something you've heard of, though. Ooh, well, then that's going to make me feel even worse about not knowing it. <laughs> uh, it's not, uh, no, because Beowulf is from another area in Europe. Is it not? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, it's, it's Beowulf. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, from my reaction, you can know it's not Beowulf. It's clearly not that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Well, repeat the beginning of the question one more time, please. Yeah. <laughs> a film uh, going into the public domain is Han Kaiser, or it might be Kuza. It might actually be Kuza. The um, Han Thank Kuza's you. 1926 adaptation of the story of what legendary fictional German scholar <laughs> whose legend was popularized by Christopher Marlowe and Johann Goethe? Oh, um, Can I offer my guess to Evan? <laughs> um, works. No, I think you should. I, I think you should take a guess. <laughs> okay. Um, the only thing that's coming in, I don't, I don't know. And the only like Schubert song with Goethe is Der Doppelganger that's coming into my mind. That's it. It's nothing. <laughs> no, um, Evan, uh, do you want to go ahead? It was it's, Faust. It's Faust. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right, it like wow. suddenly hit me. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yep, yep, that one." And of course, it uh, adapted into the opera by Ch- uh, Charles Gounod, um, as well as the uh, Les Gens Dramatiques by uh, Berlioz. Um, I think we can give Evan half credit there. Okay, for that one, for the uh, delayed, uh, the like delayed response. We just had to say Goethe enough times, and then <laughs> yeah, beat it into my brain. Yeah, Goethe, Goethe, Goethe. 
Finally, question five. A prominent opera entering public domain is what final Puccini opera that was left unfinished until his death, uh, upon his death in 1924 and was completed and debuted two years later by Franco Alfano? Ooh, I do not know my, uh, my Puccini timeline, so to speak. <laughs> um, so his last one, unfinished. Uh, well, I know that the, the the ones that I know are all like finished, so that's the problem. Um, <laughs> so. Well, and and when it's performed, it's performed as the completed work as it was completed by Franco uh, Alfano. Was it Edgar? No, I think that was maybe his very first one or second. Yeah, no. second one. Yeah. Like I said, not my yeah. not, not my area of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Um, I'm gonna guess. La Fanchula del West, because that seems like something that would be late. It was late, but it was not the latest. Um, this was Turandot, actually. What? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know um, but in, and he died uh, shortly after starting the final act. He did compose Nessun Dorma um, and then died shortly thereafter. So there you go. Well, that's the end of round two. So Lucas, can you please give us a score update? Absolutely. Evan has pulled out to a little bit of a lead here with 70 points to Kevin's 40 points, but it's still anyone's game from here on out. All righty, now it's time for round three. So Lucas, can you please tell us the rules? Of course. Round three is our second general knowledge round. There will be five questions for each player and correct answers are now worth 30 points. Like in round two, if a player gets a question wrong, their opponent will have the chance to give the correct answer for 15 points. Very good. All righty. Kevin, are you ready? I am indeed. Okay. Question one. What interstate highway connects Schenectady with Binghamton through upstate New York? <clears throat> I'm going to guess 81. Not 81. Evan? Oh, right. <laughs> I forgot that. I, I was like, I don't know anything about that area. Um, uh, is it going horizontal? I don't know that area. It's going going from Schenectady to Binghamton. But that should yeah. tell you all you need to know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, you said 81, so I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with 90. Why not? Uh, no, this was 86. Yeah. Runs, runs east-west through there. No, Question that's 88. Two. No. Is it 88? 86 is, 86 is west of Binghamton, east of Binghamton. Oh, shoot. You're right. Connected is 88. Okay. No, you're right. It is 88. Thank you. I, I, was, I was considering a question for 86, and then I decided to ask about 88 instead, and I wrote the wrong number down. So that's my fault. I apologize. But it is, it is 88. We were both yes. still wrong. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Both, both wrong regardless. Um, but uh, yeah, that's always sad when I make mistakes on this, but yes, interstate 88, 86 is up there, but we're all human. Matthew. It, it happens from time to time. It happens. Question two from March 14th to April 13th, 2021. What famous streamer did the subathon, a continuous stream of his daily life, even eating, working out, and sleeping on stream until he broke Twitch's all-time continuous subscriber count record. <clears throat> Can you give a hint of what game he was streaming? 
um i i don't know that he was streaming a game a specific game that just says oh like he was just, he was just like life. yeah just his daily life oh <laughs> um this was an amazing question <laughs> <laughs> no i was way. going to i was going to guess nick Merckx, who is a a fortnite streamer but uh no, no. it's not him. yeah evan um I know there was some guy named Ninja at one point streaming stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that shows how much knowledge I have on the subject. So that's that's what, that's my guess, I guess. Ninja. Well, you have more knowledge than I do on the subject. Um, uh, the answer is uh, Ludwig. Um, yeah, he uh, cool. finished with two two hundred eighty three thousand and sixty one subscribers, having gained around a quarter of a million subscribers during the subathon. Wow. Question three. <laughs> what name is given to the number 6.022 times 10 to the 23rd? Matthew. <laughs> um, a whole bunch. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's um, let's do like oh, hmm. 10 to the 23rd. There's what? like a name uh, for it <clears throat> in a specific in area of science. The speed of light. No. <laughs> Evan? Is that a mole? Is that like from the uh, chemistry stuff? Yes. Um, can, yes. Can you, can you name who? Uh, <laughs> I've, I, think, I think we can give that to you because it's, it's one mole. Um, it's Avogadro's number. That, but, thank yeah. you. <laughs> what yeah. a name. Yeah, I, th I think we can give that to you, though. Yeah, because it's, it's one mole. Um, give him half of half credit. <laughs> a quarter credit. Quarter credit. A quarter credit. A quarter credit. Yeah, that sounds good. Gosh. Um, <laughs> we got to drag New Jersey at some point uh, here. Uh, question yeah, four. why not? <laughs> Question four, Kevin. A 2009 ad for toys based on the hit show iCarly marked the debut of what actress known for her roles in the recent Spider-Man movies and Euphoria? Zendaya. That's correct, yes. And finally, question five. What is the oldest university in the English-speaking world? It's in, it's in, I think it's in California. And um, I think it's... University in the English-speaking world. Oh, and okay. Thank you for that. Thank you for repeating that. <laughs> Thank you for repeating that. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not California. <laughs> Maybe he needs to hear the question again. <laughs> I was thinking the United States, but okay. Um, Broaden that. The one in the in England that I know. I'm just going to do Oxford. That's correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, founded in 1096, it is the second oldest university in continuous operation in the world following the University of Bologna in Italy, which began teaching in 1088 AD. The oldest in the U.S. is Harvard, which is 1680 something. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Followed closely by the College of William and Mary, 1693. Ooh, boom. Got it. That would have been uh, very embarrassing if I guessed a United States school. Yeah. Oh, thank you for uh, repeating that, Matthew. Of course. Of course. <laughs> thank you. All righty. Evan, are you ready for your five questions? So ready. Okay. Question one. 
What interstate highway ends shortly after crossing into New Jersey on the Walt Whitman Bridge? Um, 95? No, not 95. Kevin? Walt Whitman Bridge. 86. Uh, no, this is 76, actually. Um, 76 is the one that goes over the Walt Whitman Bridge, and it runs west all the way to I-71 in Northeast Ohio. Question two. On March 23rd, 2021, the first tweet ever by what founder of Twitter sold for $2.9 million? Founder of Twitter? Yes. Uh, that's a good question. Thank you. I wrote it. <laughs> a stomper, if you will. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Mark Zuckerberg wasn't involved in Twitter. So um, not him. Uh, who founded T-Mobile? I feel like that has nothing to do with that, but um, <laughs> then I was just, I feel like he's done a lot of like philanthropy stuff. Um, anyway, John Hancock. No. No. <laughs> Kevin? Uh, John Hancock did not live to see the founding of Twitter. Only, only missed <laughs> it by about 200 years, I think. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> made sure of it I <laughs> he would have tweeted at the king of, of England uh, if he had the chance I'm sure but uh, that would have been big too. yeah yeah just all caps John Hancock <laughs> <laughs> if, if Twitter was like on the news circuit all the time now like it was for the past three or four years I would probably remember but I don't remember so okay. I'm just going to say Tim Cook uh, no, he's the CEO of Apple. Uh, this is Jack Dorsey. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and his tweet, and I don't quite understand how this all works, but apparently it was sold as a non-fungible token or NFT, which gives the buyer the rights to the unique token that connects their name to the artwork, according to Business Insider India. And I quoted that word for word because I'm not really sure what that means. <laughs> and I didn't want to try to paraphrase it. So there you go. Anyway, question three. Mikhail Tushmalov was the first person to complete an orchestration of what 10-movement piano suite by Modest Mussorgsky? Um, is that pictures at an exhibition? That's correct. While Tushmalov okay. was the first to complete an orchestration of the piece, it is often um, overshadowed by the one done by Maurice Ravel 35 mm. years later. Question four. The Orazunsbron, I hope I pronounced that correctly, connects Sweden with what country in mainland Europe? That's a bridge, by the way. Okay, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> uh, it connects Sweden with whom? With like, is that, that's the question? Yeah, with what country in mainland Europe? Uh, oh my, Sweden, is it like Denmark? It is Denmark, yes. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> it, that and also the Drogan Tunnel connects Sweden uh, seven and a half miles over to Denmark. Nice. And that is that is uh, Sweden's connection to mainland Europe. There's also a train uh, connection too. So there you go. And finally, question five. What actor known for his supporting role on Arrested Development voiced Batman in the Lego movie? Um, is it Will Arnett? That's correct. 
He also voiced the Lego version of Batman in the Lego Batman movie and the Lego movie two, the second part. I, I just watched Arrested Development. So like it's fresh wow. in my mind. <laughs> I saw Kevin react like, what? <laughs> yeah, I picked that. There, there was something that the New York Times wrote the other day and it mentioned Will Arnett because um, it was something about Batman or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'd forgotten that Will Arnett was in fact Batman. So yeah. there you go. Uh, well, that's the end of round three. So Lucas, can you please give us a score update? Yeah, Evan has extended his lead just a little bit more with 167 and a half points to Kevin's 100. <laughs> and a half. <laughs> All righty, now it's time for round four. So Lucas, can you please tell us the rules? Absolutely. Round four is our showdown. The two players will be asked to write down their answers to the same three questions. Correct answers here are worth 40 points. So anyone's game. All righty. Evan, Evan, are you ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. Question one. Located near Traverse City, Michigan, what national lakeshore features spectacular sand dunes along the coastline of Lake Michigan? I'm not sure how to phrase the answer. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what I'm naming, you know? The, what's the name of the of the, the shoreline yeah the national lakeshore it's something national lakeshore oh okay kevin you have an answer oh um oh kevin either kevin. one either one whoever has may go you can go ahead <laughs> the traverse city national lakeshore okay evan i said the michigan national lakeshore <laughs> uh no both incorrect this is called the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. In, okay. Okay. Yeah. In 2011, it was featured on Good Morning America as the most beautiful place in America. Mm. So there you go. Hard yeah. to believe, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have in to go to Traverse City and see for yourself. Um, I guess I will, but like all of America, really? <laughs> that's, what, that's what they said. No, no offense to the area or anything, but like, you know, just is there, is there a more universally trusted source than Good Morning America, though? That I'm just I, throwing I that out there. I don't think so. I trust everything that comes out of that show. <laughs> Institution of Public Record. <laughs> the Library True. of Congress may as well just close down. <laughs> anyway, question two. What is the strongest muscle in the body based on its weight? Do you have one, Kevin? Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to do the good old pesky singing tongue. Okay. For the tongue. The tongue. Um, Evan? I was going to guess like your pelvic floor muscle. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kevin, you're really close. Um, this is the masseter, um, which controls the jawbone. Yeah. Mm. According okay. to the Library of Congress, um, it can close its teeth. It can close uh, the teeth with a force as great as fifty-five pounds on the incisors, or two hundred pounds on the molars. There you go. Wow, it's pretty strong. Yeah. And finally, question three: On March twenty-third, nineteen seventy-three, what singer was served deportation papers for his criticism of the U.S.'s involvement in the Vietnam War? So this is a non, a not American singer but who was living in the United States at the time. 
I don't know. <laughs> Looks like he might I have know a, it. I have a guess whenever. whenever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> by all means, go ahead. I, I, I'll think of somebody hopefully in the next 30 seconds. Okay. I'm going to guess John Lennon. Okay. Heaven? Um, oh, I didn't think of British people. <laughs> Well, I did say somebody not born, not from the United oh, States, yeah, who was yeah, living in the United States at the time. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, well, English-speaking country. That, that I will go. Yeah, right. Similar to an English-speaking country. Um, I'll go with um, another Beatle then, just for just for funsies. Uh, I'll go with Paul. Um, it was John. John Lennon. <laughs> Richard Nixon believed that Lenin's anti-war activities would cost him re-election. And so in early 1972, Immigration and Naturalization Service began deportation proceedings against Lenin, trying to use a misdemeanor cannabis possession charge from 1968 against him. However, with the rise of the Watergate scandal and a 1975 court ruling that Lenin could not be deported on political grounds, future administrations dropped the attempt to oust Lenin from the country. Hmm. So there you go. Well, that's the end of the game. So, Lucas, can you please give us the final score? Yeah, Evan comes away with the victory today with a score of 167.5. Kevin close behind at 140 points. Well, congratulations, Evan. You have won. Do you have anything that you would like to say? No, I mean, it's a nice feeling, but that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Very good. Well, thank you, uh, Kevin and Evan, for being on the show today. Um, and thank you also to Lucas Hauser for doing the scorekeeping today and to Mason Cook for composing the music. Today's questions were written by Caitlin Fick, Lucas Hauser, Matthew Hauser, Tanner Tim, Mason Cook, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea, as well as our Twitter account, also at Trivia Over Tea. You can also find us on YouTube. Please subscribe to us there. Um, and you can find our Twitch feed at twitch.tv slash Trivia Over Tea for when we live stream future episodes. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you 